we're, we're in Acts chapter 12. Uh, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It just really is, and you all are all familiar with it, I'm sure. But I, it's just one of my favorites, and it's all because of Rhoda. I love Miss Rhoda, I tell you. And, uh, but no, it's uh, just, uh, that's why I came up with the title, it crashed my prayer, crashed prayer meeting, crashed, crashed the prayer meeting, and because uh, Peter crashed his own prayer meeting, and uh, so that's always exciting. Um, we're going to read out of chapter 12 of Acts, beginning in verse 1. If you'd stand with me as we read. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some of those who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to guarded by four quads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and, and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I, have, I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches, from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that she ran back without opening, the, opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the brothers about this, he said, and then he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered, them, ordered that they be executed. May God bless the reading of his word. May be seated. So let's set up the scenario. They had just killed, this is Herod, number one. This is Herod. This Herod happens to be the grandson of the Herod at Jesus' birth. When Jesus, when they, remember that Herod that killed all the babies under two years old? Well, this is his grandson. So, apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? So, there's this Herod is, had killed James with the sword. Now, I find that interesting that they mentioned that it was with the sword. You'd think he just had him executed or whatever. But apparently, it was, in those days and times, a... Um, 
less honorable death if you were killed by the sword than if it was by the axe. Don't know why. Some say it was because it usually took more than one hit with the sword. <laughs> Which, yeah, I, I gross y'all out. See, as you can tell, I used to be a youth pastor. And they liked all those gory details like that. And so I would tell them, yeah, they had to hack it with a sword. And I'd make up all this stuff. And all. Whereas the axe was usually one clean swoop and knock their heads off. But anyway, they had killed, he'd killed James. And everybody was excited about that. So he got goes wow they like that well let me get somebody else so now they he stepped it up a notch and has peter so he's getting more bold as time goes sidestep we get more bold don't we as we get into sin sometimes they become a little bit more bold they get a little bit more out there we don't mind just saying yeah we get Whatever it may be that we decide, oh, well, I didn't get in trouble for that. As a matter of fact, I got accolades for that, so let me move it a little step further and make things a little more drastic and more drastic. We have 16 soldiers that watch Peter, four at a time, four watches. Two actually chained to him. They were all sleeping. I don't know about you, but if I thought my trial and execution was going to probably be the next day, I'd think I would have trouble sleeping. I'd be thinking of all that stuff. It would get into my head, as it were. Peter, we know he likes to sleep anyway. What is he slept in Garden of Gethsemane and a couple other places? We find Peter sleeps. You know, that's Peter. You know, he's he, his trust is great. He knows that God's got him. He's okay. Now, he'd been released from prisons before. We talked about one this morning. He's had it happen before. He probably, maybe he felt confident it was going to happen again. He didn't know. But he knew that he was with God, and God gave him a peace that only he could give. And then they had another two soldiers at the other gate. Just to make sure, they did not want Peter to escape. This was very, very clear. So, after they had killed James privately, they decided to kill Peter out in the open and really make it big. And great care was given to Peter. And so because of that great care and all the, the world, the words and the things that were going on, they decided, the church decided to get together and pray. And it tells us that. I mean, it even tells us exactly. It says, and that the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Church, we need to be praying to God for a lot of people. I know our prayer list, we put salvations at the very top for people to come to know Christ. We need to be praying earnestly for those salvations. They were praying earnestly for Peter to be saved. This is an important, important issue. We need to remember that. James might not have had time for the people to gather together to pray. Because it was kind of done privately, done quickly. Nobody. So they are here, and he was praying. They wanted for Peter to be delivered. I think God wants us to make sure we trust him sometimes. I think of the Abraham and Isaac. Remember when he took Isaac up on and was going to sacrifice his only son, Isaac? 
I, I think about that story and go, what great faith that had to take. I can't fathom what, what that would take. Peter is sitting here knowing there that, that Herod is out for blood. He, he wants to make a spectacle of this thing. He wants to make sure the whole world sees how great he is and how puny these little Christians are and how they really don't mean anything. God has other things. So he, an angel comes. Now, when the angel came, a light shone in the prison. Now, if somebody flips on the light in the morning, it usually wakes me up. That's how my mom would get me up for school every morning. She'd walk into my room, click the light on. Mom, what are you doing? Wakes me up. The light shone in the prison didn't wake Peter up. Peter's sleeping. He just sound ah, yeah, yeah, whatever. Two, chained to two guards. I'd have a hard time sleeping just chained to two guards. So much so the angel comes in and all of a sudden he's going, boom, kicks him in the side. He smote him, as one of the versions will say. You know, um, <laughs> I think of being... Kick to the side of you, smite the guy, smite the guy. You know, I am looking at this thinking, he's got to kick him to wake him up. How many times does God have to kick us to wake us up? Mm. See, there's a lot of things that, that correlate between us, isn't it? We sleep a lot of times when we shouldn't be sleeping or we... Or we don't trust God when we should be trusting, or whatever it may be. Anything comes up along that, and all of a sudden we get lulled to sleep, and we have to be kicked in the side and say, wake up, I've got something for you to do. Here he was being held captive, and all of a sudden he is being freed. The grace of God... Um, the grace of God, like the angel, brings his light first to our prison. He opens our understanding. He smites the sleeping sinner, awaking him to consciousness. Causes the chains to fall from our hands and renews our will and gives the word of his command. Uh, Matthew Henry kind of put that, the, the commentator Matthew Henry is the one that, that put it that way. And I kind of went, wow, that is so us we are the sleeping sinner that he has to kick and wake up and when he does it knocks the chains of sin off knocks the the things that bind us keep us from doing what we need to be doing that's what god does for us he says get yourself up get together and follow me difficulties are going to be around <laughs> number one you're chained to two guards why did they not wake up why did they not do anything? Because the angel was there for protection. They passed by another two like they didn't even see him. Peter didn't even know it was real. He thought he was seeing something. Oh, I must be watching. This must be a vision because there's no way this is really happening. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been in a situation where you said, this isn't really happening, is it? I remember like in an accident or something, you know, you, somebody, I, I was in my truck one day down in, in a in Augusta and was sitting in a stoplight in a huge 18-wheeler with a big tractor on it decided to come into my rear end 
and it was like slow motion. I'm watching because I saw him coming. I said, he is not going to stop. And I'm going, what do I do and how do I get out of his way? And it was like, it's happening, but is this really for real? And I think this was kind of the experience Peter had. Luckily, I wasn't even sore. I mean, it was weird. I mean, God just took care crunched my truck all the bits, but I was fine. No, no, not even sore, not, not a mark or anything. But that's what happens. God is there, and, and we feel like we're not even really there. It's just all this stuff is happening to us, and we have no control over it. And that's Peter. He's walking around, no control. He's gone a block without an angel until all of a sudden he goes, I'm not in prison anymore. I'm just walking around. What is up with this? This is crazy. This is new. This is God. And we're saved by God. If we put ourselves under his control, when the light comes, the iron shall be opened as we enter in to his presence and following him. So the, the gate opened on its own by itself. The friendly door, that he, the iron gate opened on its own but the friendly door that he goes to and knocks on, he can't get him to open. This is, where, this is where the story really intrigues me the most. Like I said, I love Rhoda. Rhoda's probably a teenage girl. There at the prayer meeting. And comes, and she hears Peter. Knock, Peter's knocking at the gate. She recognizes his voice. She knows it's Peter. But she's so excited, she didn't open the door. Have you ever been so excited? You didn't. <laughs> you know, we've got company. They're here. And you, you see them out the door, and you go, "Yay, they're here!" And you go when you talk to them, and you don't let them in. She didn't let him in. Why is she? She's so excited. She's wanted to tell the folks. And then she comes to the church in 2021. They're having prayer meeting, praying for Peter to be delivered. She comes with news that Peter is delivered, and they don't believe her. That's us. That's the church of 2021, or 2020, or 2019. Yeah, let's face it, it's the church. We are praying, and then the God answers our prayer, we don't believe he answered it. We've had, all of us in this room have had answered prayer and we've, and we've tried to pass it off on coincidence or this happening or that happening or whatever it may be. It's real easy for us to get caught up into what we're doing and forget about what God is doing. God is answering their prayers. They're praying earnestly for Peter. Peter shows up at their prayer meeting. And they're saying, no, it's not him. You're talking about it must be his angel. Oh, really? If it was an angel, couldn't he just appear in the room? He wouldn't have to knock at the gate. You know, we knew Jesus, when he came back after the dead, what did he do? He just appeared in the room. His glorified body could do things that our real bodies can't do. If Peter was all of a sudden an angel, or it was his angel... He wouldn't have needed to knock on any doors, yet he does. 
He knocks on the door. Another thing, if Peter had a chance to get puffed up about, look what God did for me. He pretty much knocked the wind out of his sails when she didn't open the door, and he's standing out there still knocking. Right? I mean, think about it. I mean, hello, Rhoda. I'm still out here. Yo, you want to maybe let me in? They might be looking for me. They might be wanting to come get me. You might want to let me in so at least I'd have some semblance of privacy or safety. We as Christians pray earnestly for people. We really want to see things happen. We want to see God do miraculous things. And then he does and we try to explain it away. We do it all the time. We have people that come out of hospitals when they shouldn't have. And we explain it to those doctors who are just awesome. Or this just happened. We have times where we got jobs that we weren't expected to get. Well, I must have been better than I thought I was. You know, we do it. God answers prayers and shows us in so many ways. And we so many times are sitting in the prayer meeting praying for it and forgetting that it's really him answering the prayer. And this church is praying earnestly for him. Rhoda's trying to tell him, look, guys, he's right here. Look, let's keep looking. Look, he's right here. And, he's, and, they're, and they're going, no, silly girl, go back and, and go babysit the babies. You know, go watch them. Go do this. You, you don't have a clue what you're talking about. Sometimes out of the mouths of people we don't expect have good news for us. So many times we discount them because of who they are or where they came from or how old they are or whatever it may be. We decide, no, they don't really know what they're talking about. The old adage, out of the mouths of babes. So many times the babes tell us things and we're still too busy praying for answers that they're giving us the answer to. Too many times we're praying for things to happen and we don't really know how powerful our prayers really are. Folks, your prayers are powerful. When you pray for things, and you earnestly, and you're consistently working and praying for something to happen, something's going to happen. You can count on it. That's what God does. He answers the prayers of his people. And Peter kept on knocking, kept on knocking. When they finally open the door, they start making all kinds of racket. He's kind of going, shh. They might still be looking for me. I don't know. You know, it's, you know, I just escaped from prison. And then he says, tell James and the brothers about this. And then he went to another place. Tell them there's more to the story. God's done a miraculous thing. Go tell what God has done. And then I like those last couple verses. In the morning, there was no small commotion. <laughs> yeah, I bet there was no small commotion. Can you imagine Herod's anger that next day when Peter's escaped after he had all these big plans? He had big plans. He was thinking when he got up that morning saying, ha ha, this is the day. I'm going to show them all. Let me show them what I'm going to do to Peter. This is going to be an exciting time. I can't wait for this day. Let's go get him now. He's gone. What are you talking about? 
How could that possibly be? I made sure I had my best soldiers out there doing it. And what did you guys do? You let him escape? How did you do that? Because Herod had no clue what God could do. The only way he knew that Peter could possibly escape is if those guards didn't do what they were supposed to do. Those guards did what they were supposed to do. God just had other plans. We need to understand that God's plans aren't ours. Those people in the prayer meeting, they thought, well, yeah, they might deliver him, but it won't work that way. It'll be an innocent vict- verdict tomorrow, or this might happen. It won't be that he'll just show up here tonight. They had it in their preconceived heads how the prayer was going to be answered. And when it wasn't answered the way they thought it was going to be, they did not believe it. And here we sit, praying a lot of prayers, wondering a lot of things, and it doesn't get answered the way we pictured it, so we don't believe it. Our God is a mighty, awesome God. And He is also sovereign. He's also who He is. Why? He does it the way He sees fit and the right way, not Wes's way. Because I could tell him how to answer lots of prayers. How I think they should be answered. And I would be wrong. Because he knows way more about all this stuff than I do. I don't understand a lot of things. I really don't. I'm just me. And I, I look at these and I love stories. And you'll find that out. I'll do a lot of the stories. The stories of the Bible are my favorite. I just, I just love them. I love the stories that God has in the Bible for us. And I read stories like this and I just get, whoa, and I always get something out of it a little bit different every time. I always get something more out of it. And I always look at it and go, why is that me? And why did I not see that coming? Or why did I do it? Th- I did the exact same thing they did. I don't know how many times. I saw God answer the prayer, and I went, no, it wasn't. He didn't answer it that way. That's not him. It's not the way it's supposed to be. Go answer another door. Let's go look another place. I thought this was the way it was supposed to be, and he didn't answer it that way, and I don't understand. We're going to watch God work in a lot of ways here at Forest Heights. I'm excited about what he's going to do here. I really am. I think he's going to do neat and exciting things. I just hope we're able to understand that when we pray for things to happen, that it may not come the way we thought it was supposed to happen. That maybe it will look a little different than we pictured it. But it will be much better than we could have ever imagined. These people saw Peter released much better than they could have imagined it happen. If his angel had appeared, that would have been cool. But that would not have been near as cool as Peter actually showing up. All these things they got to witness, they were earnestly praying. They were doing what they were supposed to do. And we need to do what we're supposed to do. But then when God answers it, we need to believe it when he answers it. Because he will answer it. It may not look like we think it should. It may not like we think it should it may be a whole different way but it'll be his way and that's the way we should go let's pray
Father, we thank you for your word and your stories and the way you word things, the way you answer our prayers. Lord, help us. Lord, help us to understand when you do answer a prayer. Help us to recognize it. Help us, Lord, in all we do. Lord, we thank you for all you are and who you are. And we thank you for your scripture and what it teaches us. Help us to live and learn by it. In Jesus' name, amen.